And we're back. Welcome to the Ascari Cast. My name is Rod Van Blake, author of Ancient Illumination. And once again, I'm joined by my good friend, George Pennell Jackson, illustrator of the graphic novel. Say what's up. Hey, everybody. Hope everybody's uh, safe and enjoying their time right now. Uh, today, we're going to talk about WandaVision, um, highly anticipated show right now on Disney Plus uh, featuring Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, bit of a slow burn and some people were a bit impatient yep. with how it started out how do you think it started out so for me i was i mean i enjoyed the, the sitcom aspect like I, I enjoyed the comedy of it so but i was like yeah this is this is feeling like a slow burn but i'm like i know we're gonna get to something soon but i'm like yes i could see why people are complaining with this but i was like i'm, I'm gonna stick with it. i know it's gonna be slow but we'll see where it goes but episode four was it episode four that I know episode five, or five. Came out today. Four, no, but four was the one that changed that yeah. that woke everybody up. They were like, "Oh!" Spoiler alert for anybody that has not watched WandaVision, is not um, familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We knew that this was going to tie a lot in. And for those of you curious about the show, uh, you could listen to the beginning of this and then stop and go watch the first four or five episodes, and then come back. But basically, they started the show off. We know that this takes place after uh, Avengers Endgame. Right. Because Thanos has snapped half the universe away, and they had to come back and kind of reclaim things and Mm -hmm. reverse what was done. Vision is dead. (laughs) And Wanda (laughs) has basically created her own universe to kind of cope with things at least it's what it looked like from the outset yep. and then after episode four or whatever it turns out uh those of you that were thinking along those lines were correct but the first three episodes were framed in 50s 60s uh old school like sitcoms and then the 70s actually comes in mm-hmm. uh think brady bunch partridge family type of motif but the first two were like honeymooners Leave it to Beaver, black and white style sitcoms from the 50s and 60s. And a lot of people were very impatient with how it was going. They weren't <laughs> getting it. It was kind of the weird comedy of those times. So those of us old enough to remember those shows, I don't think we're too disturbed by it. Mm-hmm. But then again, how many people that were around in the 50s and 60s, honestly, are probably watching that the streaming shows now that <laughs> right, would have right. related more to that series. So I could see how there was a bit of a disconnect between uh, some audiences and what Marvel was trying to do. Um, but I knew they weren't going to keep it that way. Right. I mean, I don't know why people had this, like, we're trying to rush the show and, like, out, like, like chill, like, just let, let it evolve. Well, the other complaint, too, is that Marvel was getting to be a bit too formulaic. So this was kind of a oh, break in the monotony. Yeah, man, they are formulaic. Yeah, this is a break for sure. So if you were used to superheroes flying around and blowing up stuff and the big bats coming directly in and knowing who was right, doing right. what, Where's the it was kind of a break from that. And um, even my wife, when we first started watching, I could see her... <laughs> Looking at the screen and looking at me like, what? What is this? Like, she wasn't <laughs> sure quite how to take it. And I was just kind of laughing at the whole thing. Like, okay. Because I could see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple episodes were kind of a mix between like Bewitched and I Dream of Genie because mm-hmm. you have uh, Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff using her powers, <laughs> but dinner. kind of hiding it from the people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the the laugh track was yeah. very reminiscent of those times, uh, Dick Van Dyke show type stuff. So I could see where people were a bit confused at first, and if you're used to seeing the type of entertainment that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been bringing forth to the theaters, you know, up to this point, if that's what you were used to, and then you're thrown into this black and white oh, yeah, you're gonna be turned sitcom off. thing, it's just like, mm, this is not for me. When are they going to start blowing stuff up? <laughs> I, I, but I think the patience people after episode four were kind of, it, it paid off mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I'm excited to watch episode. Now, the funny part is now I'm like, after episode four, because I, I felt like I wasn't too excited previous to episode four. I was just like, all right. Um, I think I told my fiance, I was like, up oh, it's Friday. Like, WandaVision's on. I was like, maybe I'll just wait till tomorrow. And that's how I kind of felt with like episode three and then when episode four came around when we watched it i was like oh now we see when we've unlocked some things see where this yeah goes. and i was kind of tripping on the whole dynamic with vision in my mind and then mm-hmm. find out that the whole question of the reality of things in the back of my mind were actually true so i'm like vision's dead mm-hmm. so then i was thinking like is she animating the kind of digital corpse just having him walking around and do this that would be crazy prop but that's tech would would we say that's what she is is she technically reanimating it or could it be some type of like uh, i I don't want to say hallucinate not a massive hallucination no because when the veil kind of falls away briefly for vision and you see him grayed out with that crater in his forehead (laughs) i'm like ooh. Like this is that's what they're really doing. It's kind of yeah. weird. Like he's I don't know whether she's got I, I don't know. I don't know what you know. Vision's just a walking zombie, I guess. Rationalize how he's walking and talking around if she's completely manipulating that whole thing. Or if there is some that he's kind of got some abilities on his own still without, you know, the mind stone being ripped out of his forehead. It's gonna be um, wild. And it'll be see how it ties in later. I do think uh, for those of you that watched the movie Black Panther um, and Avengers Endgame, they took, remember, they took Vision to Wakanda when they were trying oh, to yeah, extricate the, yeah. the Mind Stone, separate that from his, his body matrix, yep. and basically recombine his essence without the Mind Stone. Right, and right, she right. didn't, supposedly, she didn't get it, Shuri didn't get a chance to complete that process oh, yeah. <laughs> before like the fighting broke out right, right, in Wakanda. Right. What if that process is actually completed? We didn't get to see the, the, the <sighs> come on, Marvel. Come on. I mean, it's possible. Computer, I it's possible. Like if the computer kept working, <laughs> no one she, shot the computer. It worked to go fight and handle business. They could write it in that they could just reconstitute vision like his consciousness is like probably like recorded somewhere downloaded somewhere and and replicated in the computer bring him back without the mind stone and then we get vision back (laughs) because it also is weird like if vision is still dead and not there wanda just created babies That's interesting. She just created these (laughs) twins that if you've read the comics there there are there is uh, precedence in the comics where they have uh, kids, mm-hmm. but in this instance, of course, he can't replicate because he's no longer alive. So the twins we see in One Division, um, I don't know 
what they're what they're doing, what, mm. how they're gonna we'll see explain what happens. that away. Like we just created these kids, and now and what are they? Um, Monica Rambeau, <laughs> Photon. I called that when I saw her initially, and I think was it episode two or three where they have like the magic show. And she just oh, pops in. But what, did you that, notice it with the necklace? Yeah, the sword necklace. Oh. That, yeah, I, yeah, I saw her with the sword necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew what they were doing. I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. I even watched uh, Captain Marvel. I didn't watch the whole movie, but I went back to see the little girl, I Maria Rambo. I was like, I knew Monica Rambo, and from videos and stuff that I've mm-hmm. watched, I also knew about Photon. She becomes power herself. Right, 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 right. So I was like, this is their way of kind of introducing her mm-hmm. as a character into. Well, can you really call it the MCU if it's only on the streaming service? Isn't the, it all connected, though? It is, but I'll, Marvel Cinematic we, we Universe is well the movie. I know. We me. might as well just. I mean, it's connected. I feel it, like it's just an extension at this point. It so is, it but is. we don't consider the Arrowverse as part of the DCEU. First of all, DC. Let's not make this about DCU because that's all. Like, that's that. all. I'm just I, I don't. Universes. I feel like once you mention that, we were going on a rabbit hole just because DCU is all. It's inherently like not proper, not connected. Like everything's kind of disjointed and surrounding it. Yeah. But I feel like because I feel like we should just refer to the MCU because of the fact that like they're literally taking the same characters, bringing it into the TV show, and bring back the films. We might as well just look at it. It's all cinematic universe i know it's particular by it being on because, the tv versus the movie screen true but you notice how they kind of vaguely tie agents of shield in because they mentioned the the events during the avengers mm-hmm. with uh Coulson and everything but they're not tied in. you don't see crossover where one definitely comes in to the other with the exception of Avengers, you know, Coulson was in right. Avengers. Well, and he died. And then he dies. <laughs> and then they go through that whole thing where they, we don't know whether they, he's like an alien now or whether they, they healed him from his death and he right. doesn't remember the process where he got, and he's got, got that hypnosis thing. And Tahiti is a magical place. Jesus, yeah. you're taking me back. I forgot. I like, I got pretty far through Asian Shield. So yeah, I remember that. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Who do you think the big bad is going to end up being for WandaVision? Do you think it's going to be Mephisto? There are, you're going to have to He's from the comic books who, where he's like a devil type of character okay. that's manipulating. There's multi-universes. There are, there's speculation that it might be Dormammu because you know that the... That this, Wait, from Doctor Strange? Well, you know this is gonna this is gonna tie into the next Doctor Strange movie as well. So, Dormammu may be uh, end up being the big bad. There are Easter eggs that tease the Fantastic Four when the uh, scientist character I forget what her name is mm-hmm. Darcy from the Thor movies uh, explains that there's this uh, radiation that's associated with the initial Big Bang that basically created the universe, okay. which also happens to be the same radiation that turned the Fantastic Four into the Fantastic Four when they were mm. astronauts on a mission to kind of study this anomaly that comes only a certain amount of time. So if they're teasing Fantastic Four, That'll could be this great. be uh, basically getting us ready for Galactus? 
and then I introducing don't, I don't Marvel's <laughs> first uh, try at introducing the Fantastic Portal. There are so many different directions they can go. Um, I think it's a good strategy to tie all these things in because it'll give them more breadth and depth of content because they're mm-hmm. going to need it. Disney Plus for all the stuff that they have on it has got a long way to go to catch up to the other streaming Oh, most definitely. Um, unless you got kids. <laughs> you know, there's enough content to. on there to keep kids busy for ages and they can always rehash and remake all the mm-hmm. other stuff. That, and that's what they've been doing. Yes, all the time. But as far as Amazon Prime, Netflix, uh, Hulu, other services now that are coming on, uh, it's going to be interesting. And we're going to take a brief break and see where this is going to lead within respect to the streaming wars. Um, we'll talk to you in a minute. And we're back. Welcome back to the Ascari cast. We're still talking about uh, WandaVision and the streaming wars. My name is Rod Van Blake, author of Ancient Illumination, and still with me is Jordan Pinnell Jackson. Hey, everybody. And uh, we just got through talking about WandaVision and the directions we think that they're going. Um, I think that Disney Plus has a good start, but streaming wars continue I think and I'm kind of curious as to uh, basically will the streaming wars continue and is it sustainable if things open back up which at some point they're going to have to Uh, we know they have more shows coming but Disney has a long way to go to catch up content wise and later on we're also going to discuss other things that we're watching aside from uh, WandaVision on the streaming services. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody now seems to have a streaming platform, and with the lockdowns, it's become imperative to have a depth of content. Of course. Netflix, I think, has has to be close to the biggest roster of anything right now. Yeah. Amazon Prime has a pretty big roster of content that they have made uh, specifically for them. Right. There's mm-hmm. Apple TV, by the way, which Apple is also s- feels really slow to the game. Like I feel like they're in the same territory as Disney at this point. Yeah, and then you got Stars, HBO Max, of course, um, Peacock, which I guess is NBC. <laughs> you got CBS All Access. <sighs> Not paying. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff out there to be asking people for these various, and they got to be fighting for content now. Like, oh yeah, they're looking for the new batch of whatever to have on their platform to try and get viewers to come to their platform um but my other thing is what happens when stuff opens back up will will this be mm -hmm. the new norm where that you know i think there was already a trend of the cable cutting people yeah it was already happening like i feel like it's it's weird i feel like covid sort of like accelerated accelerated everything and and like cemented it so it's like we were already gearing up to have all this digital content and it was just like this happened and it was like it felt like it was like it's like the environment that we're in was just like feeding the machine that is let's go now we have to create more content and just keep making more but i don't think personally i don't think it'll change 
Um, I think they'll just keep. It'll, I mean, it's capitalism. They're gonna keep trying to make more things and making money. So I don't think it will change, but just the pandemic sped things up. And it's less of an expense uh, for the companies producing content in mm. some ways that they don't have to pay the over. You think about it, movie uh, Black Widow, uh, that they may release only on Disney Plus oh, yeah. theaters. I'm We've actually already excited seen that with. Disney Plus had Mulan that they did, which I think they horribly mismanaged that release. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman 84 was released like a simul... They're doing this weird hybrid thing where yeah, it's I- in theaters limitedly and on streaming services as well. So it's like, why pay the overhead of releasing your films in the theater when you can make a bulk of the money and have people just watch it directly at home, either through exactly. sustained viewership as people mm-hmm. paying the monthly fee for the um, opportunity to view your movie mm. or just release it digitally and you instead of getting movie tickets it's like $17.99 for the film you know per household but more people will just pick it up because they don't have to go to a theater we right, get to buy right. our own snacks we you know you don't have to worry about people chatting people looking on their phone in a the dark theater and having this break. you're not trying to rent out a movie theater <laughs> Come on, get a try. You're not trying to run out of movie theater. No. Just, just imagine, just six people. You can lice all the chairs. You can, you can spray down everything. It's just six people. You know, you own the whole movie theater, the, the room, the, the theater itself. It, the only thing that would possibly make me think about doing that is something that I feel that needs to be on the big screen. Well, which, which film would that be? Anything coming Godzilla out? Godzilla vs Kong. All would right, be something that I could possibly see. <laughs> I'll go to movie right, we need to that. see that. <laughs> but then again, in my little basement area here, if I had had a slightly different setup, mm-hmm. and a huge projector, that's a big white space behind me there. That's true. And you have, say, a 100-inch screen projection, nice sound system. You could kind of get the theater feel. Of course, it's not as big as a, as a theater yeah. screen, but you can get that feeling. You shut the lights out here and get that here at home and not risk uh, contracting anything from people that are or are not abiding by precautions, depending on, you know, what what it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. You don't have that argument. Um, but for the, the company side, like, they pay lots of money to have their films in on projector screens on theaters across the country and they have to split their profits with those theaters yeah. and I don't know as if they're getting any of the real money making in theaters it's probably concessions right for for the movie theaters for yeah the that's how, yeah theaters. that's how they're making their money but I'm saying the distributors of the movies aren't necessarily are they getting a piece of those the popcorn sales and soda sales we know they're not getting soda sales so just tickets yeah, they're, they're splitting the ticket sales. Right, now right. they're not splitting the ticket sales and it's going direct to homes and people are viewing the film or the, or the shows and they're looking like, hey, uh, we don't have to risk that money. <laughs> we don't do this no more. Yeah, we just, it's going straight to our pockets. We're getting it, you know, no chase straight to us. <laughs> and AMC, you know, we saw initially was getting pissed off about it because they were like, hey, you were supposed to release this in theaters and now you're doing this hybrid thing and it's kind of messing us up. We will no longer have Universal films in our theaters. And Universal's like, so? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. okay. Well, I don't need y'all see, anyway. You know, DC and you look at Marvel, they're looking at it like, hey, we could 
to do this too. Everybody starts <laughs> we could all do this. It's kind of making it because already I think the theater industry was was kind of going downhill, mainly because of the expense of it, and they were having to add more and more things to that experience to make it. Oh, you're a good point. You like referring to like the fact that like we have like all these movie theaters that started creating their own type of like membership programs and the the ticket like the creating all these incentives incentives for us to like go to the movies more. Yeah, they got me. Yeah, I I, you know, I, I, I missed that. I'm great. still with AMC even though it's it's frozen right now, but oh. I don't I don't really see myself going back once things open back up cuz I wasn't getting my money's worth in my opinion because there weren't that many films that I was going to see on a consistent basis every month right like see that's might... why I didn't that's why I didn't get the AMC joint I had Cinemark so it was like one free ticket a month I'm like that's fine yeah. I go to the movies once a month really so that would have like... been cool but it was like I think it was a certain amount per week that I was eligible to go to like, how much were you spending city. for that it was like 24 bucks a month so see, I didn't see the point in it. Wouldn't make sense. And I was getting, you get like a discount. You get like a free large popcorn and free refills on drinks if you wanted. Okay. Something like that. So Similar, if, similar. If there are that many films that I was going to go see, then yeah, it's worth it. But I only have a certain genre of film that I'm going to go see personally. I'm only going to mm-hmm. see mostly action fix, um, science fiction, fantasy films, uh, some thrillers I will see, um, but I'm not gonna go see romance movies. Come on, uh, come on, Rod. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't take the wife out and go watch romance. Oh yeah, movies. we can go. We can go. But, but how <laughs> many like, of those? That's the only time. Though. How many of those are, are, am I gonna go see every month? Like, I mean, it's no point. Yeah. So that was my problem, and I don't review films enough to like I'm gonna review every movie that's coming out, and that's what I'm because I can mm-hmm. see if you're in that business or that industry of doing reviews yeah, you're going to see everything actually that comes out because that's going to help you create content that's your business that's yeah, like that's your, your job business. really so if that was the case that's different but for me I'm going mostly for pleasure mostly to gauge an industry that I would like to break into mm-hmm. and so I'm going to watch genres that I am writing in which right now is science fiction and mm-hmm. fantasy and action so for those type of films, I will go see those only and leave the rest alone because I don't plan on being in that lane. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how Disney Plus can build out their content, what HBO Max and DC is going to do with there because isn't there still? I think I think everything's coming HBO Max. Yeah, it, it, it it's going to be like, great. But wasn't that separate before? Wasn't the DC universe a separate like streaming? You had the Titans. Oh. Do you, and then I, you I, had that I feel bundle. like you do. Do you want me to talk about it? I can talk about it. I had DC Universe. Isn't that bundled with comic books as well? Yes, too? it was a weird plot. I mean, I personally kind of initially enjoyed it because it was like, oh, I get to read like different comics and stuff. And I tried to use it. I used it a couple times to like actually read comics outside of watching Swamp Thing and Titans. Um, but it was very limiting. Like I couldn't get up to date comics. Like they had like you know classic stuff in there, but it was like. What if I want to read like something random like Batwing or something? Like I, I couldn't find like specific things I was looking for, so it was a little limiting. But yeah, and but with their 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 streaming content, they had like they had Doom Patrol, they had Titans, they had 
a few films like i had a bunch of films but like they had like didn't they, i think they had like the tim burton batman films the tim burton right yeah, they had the Batman films. I don't. So they're remember. slowly condensing that into HBO Max. But like, yeah, that 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 got destroyed. They they got rid of uh, DC Universe, whatever DC Online, whatever Universe Online, like last year, and it just all went to HBO Max, which made more sense. Yeah. And so everything that like most of all like all the DC content should be on HBO Max. See, like, I already all have the movies. HBO now and HBO Go, which kind of automatically. Those were annoying. Like, why do they have two separate thing? things? It but is, why make it, it two separate things? It was a weird setup. I was like, why? Initially, it was people that already had HBO and a cable. Yes. Yeah. And if you were already paying for HBO, then you automatically got HBO. The, the, the thing was, it was a go, right? HBO it was go. go. Now. And then people that didn't have a subscription to HBO through a cable company, they had released HBO now. That is, if you want it on the go or through other apps, mm-hmm. separate of having it from a cable company. And then I think a lot of people picked HBO now up when Game of Thrones came out to oh, just yeah. watch oh, mm, Game sense. of Thrones and stuff. And then this HBO Max thing. I'm glad they condensed it. It made so much more sense. I appreciate it. And they didn't even say it. Well, I think I got an email about it, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> What's going on? I here? just made when I logged in on Xbox one day. The logo went from black to purple. And it yeah, that nice purple and pink. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. I, was I, was, I was studying it. I was, like, I was yes. like, am I going to have to change my subscription? Nope. My it's like, all there. Nope. They took care for you. I was like, cool. So I'm, I was one. I'm curious about how they're going to do this with the DC Universe stuff. They're just folding that into HBO Max because Doom yeah, Patrol, I think, was already there. Doom Patrol's on HBO Max now. Well, it was already on. When Is Titans two. on there yet? It so. should be. What am I saying? It should be. Yeah, I it think had so. To be. I just but it watched it already. It wasn't before because I didn't, no, I didn't see the infamous book. I didn't see that. I just remember the, the, the trailer. I, I like that part. I mean, <laughs> Titans was weird. Was Titans was weird. Yeah, it's a weird series. It is, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see if this is all sustainable and whether it just keeps going in that direction, which monetarily makes more sense for the producers of the content to just mm-hmm. have these people pay for the opportunity to watch these things continuously. But if you're going to keep people, you're going to have to keep stuff coming, which yeah. is, you know, WandaVision, uh, we got Loki. We're getting Falcon and Winter Falcon Soldier and Winter in March, Soldier. right? Yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> a lot of good stuff coming out of March. But I'm wondering if that model is going to be replicated from other companies as they have these persistent universes that are all kind of interconnected. Are other streaming channels going to start doing this? Really just producing a, a universe, basically, for us to watch. And then a variety of shows within that mm-hmm. universe that's all connected that kind of tie in. Because... That is is a good way to kind of persistently keep customers watching and sure. giving them a variety of stuff to keep watching. Because then, like, after you've burned through and watched everything, like, and you have nothing new to watch, like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to hop to another service? Are they going to come up with something new to keep people? That's how I feel about Disney+. Plus. I feel like, I feel like I'm more so there just to watch the new content, and then it gets tossed away. And I have to wait, but I can like easily go to Netflix or or even Amazon and someone will recommend something that may be like a series that came out like six years ago. Like I started watching Bosch Detective Show and I'm like, oh, this is a good little watch here. "Hmm, Thanks, Amazon. Or, you know, stuff like Expanse. Like I've been watching Expanse. Expanse is a business right there. Yeah. 
ship. Uh, well. Now I was gonna. Uh, I guess I'll give a spoiler alert. Last episode was interesting. I really liked the the uh, the ship battles they had. I was like, oh, this is yeah, that's really good. Nice. That's more grounded than most of the stuff that we've gotten. You see the uh, like the rail guns they have that come out. It's not all lasers. They're still using, which is kind of weird. They're using ballistic. What looks like to be ballistic. wait. So the so the so the the rail gun is shooting a, a projectile per se. Yeah. Oh, huh. Well, some of them have rail guns that shoot like one long burst, right? And then yeah. Didn't didn't have, like, uh, John Ship have that? Yeah, he's got it, but I don't think he used it last time. He was using the like the little mini guns that. Yeah, were they were. Yeah, they were using them joints, the, the torpedoes, like the torpedoes that are coming at. Yeah, them. yeah. Uh, so which you don't often see in like space battles. They usually have some type of like energy projectile. They're Just got lasers and shit. Hitting shields. And, uh, <laughs> Star so Trek. I, I do, Star Trek Next Generation yeah, shields. So I do like to see more practical um, effects being used in the space battles, which is a thing that I will try and implement if if and when uh, mm-hmm. we get ancient luminaries. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, and that's why I don't know if you've noticed that the, the explosions are really short when I describe them in space because there's no oh, yeah, you told me about there's that. no oxygen. I mean, it's a vacuum. Yeah, so there shouldn't be mass. But in most things we see, we always see these huge blossoming. Ex- well, I mean, think about the Death Star. That's, some <laughs> that's huge, so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's explosion. true. That's true. It'll be interesting to see how things play out with the streaming universes. Streaming services, <laughs> streaming universes, and, the and whether they will be universes that we see replicated amongst all the various services, if they try and get their own uh, persistent universe that right. they're just building onto and building onto and building onto and building onto. It'll be interesting to see if that what happens, if that's what happens, and, and if it's sustainable uh, once markets and we get these vaccines out and people are able to get to some semblance of normalcy where we can leave because will there be a need for all this in-home entertainment? You have people who don't leave the house. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We're not leaving the house before, so trust me, there will be, there will, there will always be someone to watch. It's like, you're not going to be out all the time. Even when we get back out, it's like, you're still going to need to watch something when you're not, so. It's good. I think it's sustainable. And the ability to take it with you. Oh, right. Phone. I forgot. I had Netflix on my phone. What am I saying? Phones, tablets. <laughs> I had Netflix on my phone. All right. So take it with you. For people take that it with you. weird, uh, long train commutes or something. Right. Headphones. Yes. Those things. I don't want nobody talking to me. Don't touch me. I want to be <laughs> in my own little world and sit here as I commute to where I'm exactly. going to. Exactly. Uh, that's applicable. But we'll see if it, if it continues to grow. Um, as, as companies figure out they can put a lot of money into their content, not share it with the distribution of theaters, or at least not share as much of a chunk of their profits with them. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if they continue building and do this. Well, uh, that's it for today, and uh, we hope to talk to you all again soon uh, if you have any opinions about any of the stuff that we talked about be it WandaVision the streaming wars or whatever it is that you all are out there watching you can drop us a comment on the various uh, platforms this podcast is available on and there's also I believe a voice comment you could use I've never had anyone use That's it interesting. but it would be interesting to see if someone drops us a voice comment <laughs> Talk to you all next time. Be safe out there. All right. Peace, everybody.